21st of October. Not now. No, the, the new series of Black Mirror comes out on the 21st of October. It's going to be on Netflix. So lots to look forward to there. And Jace, I do recommend you watch it because it's, uh, it's, it's really good. I'm excited. Yeah. It's, um, let's see how many of them are kind of, um, what's the word, prophetic. Yeah. Because it always seems like a lot of episodes, we always manage to find a parallel back to a Black Mirror episode. Yeah. But uh, I think it's I think it's quite a lot of episodes. I can't remember if it's a six or a 12 episode series, but... Usually they do three. Yeah. They did, they did a Christmas special. Is that the last one they did? Yeah, the one with John Hamm in it. Is, is that what he's called? The guy from uh, Mad Men. Adam's nodding. Yeah, yeah, Adam knows. Yes, that will be the last one. But I think this is part of Netflix's. I, I saw an article actually, just to start off, which was about the amount of Netflix content and how much it shrunk recently. Hmm. And you know how everyone was saying, or oh, well, people in America, I don't know about so much here, but everyone says, oh, it's great when you've got all these subscription things like Netflix, Now TV because it means that you no longer have to pay a large amount of money for something like Sky, um, because you can just get the channels you want and the content you want. But increasingly, the thing seems to be, as shown by Netflix's library shrinking a massive amount, is that you've got Netflix going, oh, we want to keep this content. We want to keep... I don't know. I'm trying to think of what's a thing on Netflix that isn't their own content. They've got a bunch of Marvel superhero stuff. Yeah, we want to keep our Marvel superhero stuff or Amazon Prime is going to be like, oh, we want to keep our Mr. Robot. The problem is you're back to the same position mm. in a way where you've got Netflix, Amazon Prime, whatever the other ones are. Now TV. Now TV. Uh, there's loads of them. And eventually you're going to have someone come along, I reckon, and go, hey, guys, what if we merge all these packages under this umbrella and you're kind of back to where you were? Because all of them have their own exclusives, so yeah, it's well, but you, you would need an overarching package that can pull off from all of them. But I can't see any of them agreeing to that. Well, Netflix said that they wanted fifty percent, I think, of all of their shows to be original content. Wow, yeah. So that means the library's just going to keep shrinking and shrinking. Well, <laughs> well, <laughs> it depends how you translate fifty percent, <laughs> doesn't it? Either they're going to fork out a lot of money and generate a lot of original programming while maintaining their existing library, or yeah, their existing <laughs> library is going to shrink a lot. It's going to shrink until it's just House of Cards <laughs> and that effort, that program where they make food. I can't remember what it's called, but I've had it suggested to me a lot. Something, also, about, some, something about a kitchen. Also all the Mission Impossible films. Yes. I don't think two's on there at the moment. Really? Maybe it's one. Mission Impossible is kind of a staple of our server updates. Yeah, yeah. When you need when you're updating service and you need some background noise, nothing better than Mission Impossible because it's quite it's loud. You can just turn around and there's usually something interesting going on. And there's not much plot to miss. No. I mean, you can, I don't know. I could lose the thread fairly quickly if I wasn't paying attention to a, mm, to a Mission Especially Impossible. the first one. Yeah, but I, I think that's just me. If, you, if there's a lot of names... I'm awful with names, so if there's a bunch of names being thrown around, I'll quickly forget who's who. Speaking of names, mm. we should probably introduce ourselves. Let's do that. That's a great segue. I thought it was good. Yes. This would be, by my reckoning, episode 42 of the Unraveling Technology podcast. And I, your host, Joe Tonks, I'm here as ever. 
joined by David Johnson. As ever. As ever. And our guest today, Jason Ede. Not as ever. Not as ever. No, I think but, this but is my second one with you. This is, yeah. You were on a the encryption podcast quite a while back. It's like what? episode three or four, yeah, I think. Yeah, way back in the early days. The early days, yes. you know. Seasoned podcasters now. Yes, with the old microphones then. Oh, yeah. The microphone just sat in the middle of the table. Yes. What do you think of the new kit? Big. (laughs) (laughs) Go big or go home. Yeah, I went to, where was I? Nottingham this weekend and I sent sent Adam and David a picture of a big sign that I saw in, uh, I think it was Debenhams or something like that. They just said, on air, a big red sign. I was thinking we should get that and put it somewhere, but it was like 75 quid. So I'll wait and see if I can see it cheaper elsewhere. But I think an on-air sign is on the cards. You can make a light box pretty cheaply with a sign on it. Could. But I mean, if you... And actually, I was going to talk about this. Um, the, you know, the arcade cabinet we've got. Because mm. we keep meaning to do it like a veneer for the top of that, don't we? So for anyone listening who doesn't know, we've had a an arcade cabinet that as a company we've been trying to put together for about five years now unbelievable amount of time yeah and david took the initiative the other week and sort of pulled the box out of storage and restarted work on it what is going on on this thing because nobody can remember because nobody's looked at it for three years it's covered in dust yeah it's probably got bike tire marks all over it because it was in the same cupboard that all the bikes were kept in yeah i i very nearly did myself an injury trying to get it out i'll bet actually because isn't there a lip you need to get down with it yeah it's uh, it's tight maneuvering and lots of like ladders with pointy edges and things. And yeah. it's quite heavy. I was covered in dust when I got, when I got out. I was dressed in like not in shirt and tie, so that was a good thing. I want to say the thing that sort of interest kind of waned on the cabinet when we were when we were talking about putting the second coat of paint on it. Yes, because that we 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 did it all and it was painted and it was it was pretty good. Granted, yeah. it wasn't amazing, but it had sort it had a bit of character about it. Yeah, it was like here's a cabinet. Yes, it's got some some paint marks. You think that's a bad paint job? You should see uh, the bedroom that we've just redone at home. Yeah, but it's got character to it. <laughs> but <laughs> we had a couple of people who weren't convinced that it was the finest finish, so they got us like it was the paint spraying machine. But it took them a while to. It involved. Yeah, the problem with spray painting something is you can't do it in place because you, do you spray paint everything around it. Yeah. Yeah, so yes. it got carted off to somebody's home and like put on top of a a car or something and with ratchet straps and driven around and yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was on. it was a bit of a saga. <laughs> I think I've still got pictures of it strapped to the top of Ray's car sort of mm. going down that dual carriageway. Yeah, but uh, it's finally out, and even though we can't find the massive monitor that used to go with it, and we're having to settle for a little LCD display, and yeah, we're doing it. We've even we've started a game jam, haven't we? Which is yeah, basically asking people in the office if anyone would like to try and make a game for it, because there's a uh, there's a there's an offer on at the moment for some software called Click Team Fusion on Humble Bundle, which people might have heard of, which allows you to create games in quite a it's quite it's quite a I mean, I've only really done a tutorial on it, but it's quite nice. You can just drag and drop stuff and Yeah. But it's still flexible enough to make some pretty pretty good games looking mm. at things that have been produced on it. So yeah. In a month or so maybe we'll have something 
the cabinet all going cabinet some running with some games yeah that would be so, great it would i mean it's still just painted black it's just a big black box it needs some some decals, decals and some... something well the painters in we should ask him if he wants to do something on it oh the controls <laughs> labeled up painted up yeah nice well nope. <laughs> it's just black with controls on it david wants to you want to put buttons on the side for like uh, pinball yeah flippers don't you haven't we got a limit the number of buttons on the controller card in there? Yes, but we've not hit it. Ah, right. So mm. it's getting the buttons positioned so they don't hit the supporting frame inside. Yeah. No, it's, it's, they are there's, nice buttons. Yeah. So. There's pr- plenty of stuff we can do with it, but we just... But f- like, yeah, let's, let's get it out and working first. Yeah. Yeah. All right, anyway, let's have a look at some some news, starting with the Google Keynote, Google I.O., I think they call it. Is that the name of their conference, which was on Tuesday? Tuesday. Uh, I didn't know anything about this until suddenly a TV started playing in the office and everyone was <laughs> sat there watching it. Um, open with a Silicon Valley sketch, which I liked because Silicon Valley is very good, very good. <laughs> People always say, oh, it's so true. Oh, the tech industry oh, is so true. It's real, really nailed it on the head. This, but um, I don't know. I can't really relate to much of it because it's all kind of Silicon Valley tech bubble startup mm. stuff, which we don't really know a lot about. Yeah, should probably get John in from Apt. He'd probably have some more ideas about how accurate it is. But, <laughs> but I can emphasize with a with a massive. Uh, there's a scene where they're in like a massive server farm. And they can't can't find their way out because it's so big, and they're going through these little cubicles, and these people have been sat there for years and stuff. And <laughs> it's it's good, yeah. But uh, yes, Google I/O. So this was Google announcing their a slew of tech, mm. about four or five things. Uh, top of the top of the announcements being their new phone, the Google Pixel. Which we can finally, we finally seen. We can put a face to the name. And uh, I was very, I was looking forward to asking you about this, David, because I know previously you're on a Nexus Five at the moment, aren't yep. you? Yeah. And you, the Nexus Six came out, and you didn't go for that. Uh, I guess it was bigger, wasn't it? It was quite a bit bigger. Yes. But it was also quite a lot more expensive to boot, or was more expensive. I think is that right? I I can't remember because it's been about two years since like the original nexus 6 was massive um, same size as the iphone 6 plus Mm. um also i think the original nexus 6 had issues that were addressed in the later ones the nexus 6p p what does the p stand for don't know it was last year's i think it was last year's model that revised it and made it a really good phone the first one was absolutely massive Mm. okay right well, here comes the Pixel anyway. Pricing starting at 600 quid. It's kind of the same as the iPhone, isn't it? Mm, the, yeah, it is. It's um... The Pixel XL with 128 gig of storage is exactly the same as the iPhone 7 Plus. How about that? Playing with the big boys now. Yeah, it seems like the days of Google producing really good phones that are also really, really competitively priced. May have gone. Is this the end of the Nexus then? It are is. Not making it it well? is. Yes. Yeah. So the the Nexus line has been retired now. So they they've used the name Pixel on like Pixel a C. tablet. And Pixel C. Yeah. Yeah. So they've got a few 
devices which they sort of describe as premium Android devices and they've got the badge of Pixel. So right. they're basically saying by calling these phones Pixel that these are the premium, you know, the kind of benchmark for the latest, greatest Android phones. And to be fair, I mean, it's of the, most of the phones this year, the Android phones, they've got the Snapdragon 820 and the Pixels have got the 81 in, which gives them more power. A more grunt in it. Snapdragon, is that a GPU or is it's that a, a CPU, CPU. So processor? Okay, yeah. right. And uh, have you seen any benchmarks, how that compares against Apple's A10 or whatever they're on now? Um, I, th- From the benchmarks we've seen, it does compare. It's it's, it's a little bit ahead. Not a huge amount, mm. um, but it is ahead. Okay. But the, the advantage of the A10 is it's... M- more closely integrated with the software, whereas it isn't as much on the Android phones yet. And I guess that's kind of the thing with Android, is that it's yeah. had such a, I mean, Android biggest phone market share, and I think that's just because the massive amount of devices that are out. Yeah, so you've got to write something that works on everything. You won't be able to tune it to the hardware as well as iOS, which only runs on, you know. Apple hardware. Yeah. Is this the first time Google's put their name before a phone? Was it the Google Nexus? Um, yeah. So they what? they've put their name on the phones, but the difference this time is um, the manufacturer, the person who actually makes the hardware, has had quite a big kind of top billing, as it were. So like, mm-hmm. if I look at my Nexus 5, it's got LG written on it. Right. And yeah, the Nexus 4 had... I can't remember if that was LG or who that was, but anyway... This this is the first time where you will see it's just got a G for Google, the Google logo yes. on there. The hardware, I think, is actually made by HTC. It is. But yeah. you won't see the HTC logo on there prominently anywhere. You won't HTC it anywhere no. on the... On the <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't let that one pass us by, sorry. Yeah, so the, the, the implication here is that HTC might be manufacturing it, but Google is kind of designed it from scratch and not based it off any kind of existing HTC hardware. Yeah, there is enough. There's a lot of evidence supporting that HTC have made it. HTC have declared it themselves in some mm. leaks to the mm. Android press. Okay, yeah. I mean, it's not exactly a secret, but uh, yeah. Okay, right. And uh, well, what do we think? What do you think of the... Pixel. Am I right in thinking you've ordered one? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that might tell you something about what I think. <laughs> I've yeah. ordered one too. Well, I mean, I don't know. Because, I mean, at this point, what are your options? Um, Suppose the Pixel, or if, if they'd have brought another Nexus out. So I have, to admit, speculate. I have to admit, our phones, our phones have all recently come up for renewal, which is mm-hmm. um, pretty much in time with the latest iPhone release more mm-hmm. than anything on the Android scene. Yeah. Because uh, most of our office go for iPhones. Um, kind of to make things simple for myself, I haven't done a whole lot of reading. I've basically just t- kind of taken this at face value of this is the Google flagship phone. Um, it will, and my our company will buy it for us as a company phone. And mm. yeah, um, 
it seems really high powered and has all these great features and is going to be the first phone to run android 7.1 and has the google assistant and blah 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 big list features so i've just kind of not done a whole lot of reading about what else is out there (laughs) because that would just make the decision harder yeah yes it would the the options are limited it's really this or the Samsung Note 7, mm. which obviously the first batch was recorded due to, due to exploding on people. There was an incident uh, recently, I was. think, yes. where yeah. the, reported today of an updated fixed one that exploded on a plane. Or well, started smoking anyway. Yes. the um, This really, if you want the latest Android, the latest Android hardware, this is what there is at the moment. Mm. Um, that doesn't explode. Yes, well, well we, we hope it doesn't. We yeah, don't know I mean, yet. It could well. Could so, well. yeah, your choices are basically Pixel or Pixel XL. And uh, do you want it in quite black or very silver? <laughs> or blue. Or really, blue. Blue really, is the US only. It's limited. It's limited, off, limited to Veriz, Verizon. Verizon. Oh, right, yeah, Verizon. Verizon. Okay, right. Okay. Yeah, I did kind of like the look of the blue. Um, yeah. Little bit, little bit also, cheap, being native... Google, it's I think it's only the one that gets all the security updates pretty much when Google releases them. That's one of the things that I like about yes. my Nexus 5 is that when Google release an update, you don't have to wait for, because a lot of third-party phones, Google release the update, then it goes to the manufacturer of the phone and they have to figure out and do all of their testing and implement their update. And then it passes on to the carrier of the phone, so like EE or O2 mm-hmm. or whoever you've bought your mobile phone with and they have to do all their testing and stuff and then they pass the update to you and it might be months if not years later or um, they might have decided you know that ooh. phone's a year old so let's not bother doing anything with that and not yeah. update yeah. it whereas yeah. the nexus my nexus 5 gets updates when google has done the updates okay. and this will yeah. be the same my moto x the android patch level is november 2015 and basically, I think Motorola has abandoned it. Yeah. There is no updates come out since then. Um, there is up. There is a lot of Android security exploits that come out that cannot be patched on this one because Motorola haven't passed the patches on. You're just sitting on a time bomb there, Jace. Yeah. Might as well be on which, fire. Which is yeah. Which, <laughs> which is why I'm going back to a native Google because it gets the update. It is secure, and I believe. Google are changing the way they do updates for manufacturers so that you have so they can slipstream it in. People can't block that going through. So here's the thing. Uh Apple so so we're now talking we're talking Apple prices for hardware. Mm-hmm. So you've there's a lot a lot I'm reading online about, you know, well, are we gonna see an Apple level of service with that? So Apple because uh, cause a lot a lot of the disappointment online uh with the new with the with the pixel where there is disappointment and this might just be me taking you know just looking at microcosm here is people saying that it's priced too highly for what for that for what the hardware is when you take into account that google don't really have any expertise or previous experience with this really premium level phone mm-hmm. business before so people people like iPhones, but they also like the the fact that they can go into a store and get it swapped out day and day if there's something wrong with it. Yes. Or the fact that if you have an iPhone, you you can rest assured that it's going to be supported for a long time. 
So I think it used to be. If, in fact, I saw a graph earlier that says, you know, the, the old iPhone, so the 3G, 3GS, maybe you get three years of support. With the 4, 5, you get five, uh, four years of support. And now we're seeing, you're seeing about five years of, of support. I mean, how long did you have the Moto X before they started, or rather stopped, security patches? The last it? patch I had for that, last thing I had for that was Marshmallow start of, this year i haven't kept up after um, kit kat which one's marshmallow it's the latest it was the old one before nougat okay um right. and it's yeah it's i but it's got, it got updates for the first year and off that it seemed to stop um they've had another release and they're contracting on that phone they're not making any more for this phone that i've seen a year really it's a year but that's wow. relying you said on the manufacturer than the carrier and actually, what's the incentive for them? It's far better for them not to support it. People to buy the latest phone to pay for upgrades. Right. There's yeah. no money in it for them. So now that you're paying all this money for a Pixel, you know we're going to see support four years down the line. I, I think in terms of yeah. patches and things, we probably will. Mm. Um, at some point, it may stop upgrading to the latest Android. I've, I, I don't know what our phone shipped with, but I've gone through. A lot of patches and updates and things on my Nexus Five, which is a Google-owned when phone. When those when we ship, when we moved on to those last last batch of phones, we'd just gone up to KitKat. I think mm. around that time, yeah. I, I have a feeling they were shipped. I feel they weren't shipped with KitKat. And they got ready to Kit cat maybe but we've had like lollipop and marshmallow in between and yeah yeah so you'd hope so i mean yeah. there is no storefront there's no wandering in and finding a, a genius at some bar yes. <laughs> and handing yes. your phone over and stuff yes. i i did have to return one my original nexus 5 because i had I think it like overheated or something, and I remember the blue screen thing. Yeah, it kind of tinted my whole screen blue, and there was just a mark on it. Um, so I went through the process of phoning Google up, and that was that was really good. Like I got through to um, what sounded like a call center in England, uh, and they just like took a bunch of information, and then you could hear Big Ben in the background. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I mean, it was a it was a, a woman with a like. English standard accent. English accent. All right. Okay. Um, yeah, and uh, got that shipped. They shipped me a, a replacement one, and I had to return mine in the box that it came in, and all of that. Um, but it was a really straightforward, easy process. So, in terms of replacing stuff while it's in warranty, mm -hmm. I think the Google system is pretty good. It's how much aftercare you get after your year's warranty runs out, and yeah, you can't just kind of like. You you still have to wait for a replacement to be shipped to you. Yeah, you can't just go and take it into a store and then say, "Oh, we'll just back it up and give you a new one or, or yeah. a refurbished okay. one with all your yeah. data on." You can walk out in an hour. But you say that. I mean, it, although it's on these phones, it's when advertised that for the Pixel range, there is unlimited backup of your photos and stuff from it. I saw that. Yeah, so all the photos you like, all the photos you can eat, um, and in the video. original resolution as yeah, well. As and it? video. Shoot yeah. your 4K video off your phone and then upload it to Google Google Images. Google, Google images. Photos. Google Photos. Sorry. Over 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 Wi-Fi, and it'll upload pretty much. And then yeah, you get unlimited storage of all of that 
Because mm-hmm. I think at the moment you have unlimited storage of photos, but not in original resolution. So you can let Google compress your photos and then you can store unlimited copies of, of compressed stuff. But this is native right? Yeah. HD, you know, okay. 12 megapixel camera, et cetera, et cetera. Which sounds, I mean, that's good. But that's more of a service thing, isn't it? More than a new phone thing. Yeah, <clears throat> so, I definitely. Mean, not to say that they would, <clears throat> but uh, Apple could roll out uh, an update or say next week, oh, by the way, we're allowing unlimited yes. pictures. There's um, a, I mean, you know, it's yeah. a lot of the the tricks on, on you can, that came out is something that other companies could release patches for and upgrades to do this. Yeah, it's more of an incentive thing. Like when you, mm. when I got my Chromecast, I got ten pounds worth of um, credit on the Google Play Store. Yeah, it's things like that. I think just little things, little things that keep you sweet. In terms of features, they've got the main one. I think is the Google Assistant, which we briefly touched on when we were talking about the the Allo the Allo messaging app. I'll have you know, every morning at 10 a.m., I get a random selection of pictures of cats through to my phone because <laughs> Google Allo sends them to me. Yeah, it's. I heard it mentioned at the um, after the I/O that actually the phone was upstaged by the assistant, and actually it wow. was majority of that release was dedicated to the assistant this this time. It was a little bit on the phones, but all demonstrated using the phone and the assistant. Later on, the assistant on other other platforms. Yes, I think Google's moving into a more of a. So they built this assistant, the Google Assistant, which is a an AI. Mm-hmm. that the immediate comparison you draw is with Siri mm-hmm. because that was the big publicized one. Yeah. Um, even if Google had been doing it longer than Siri. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'll give you that one. <laughs> so, yeah, they, they built this assistant that is supposedly more intelligent. You can carry on conversations with it. So, for instance, it will know what you were talking to it about to it about in the last thing that you said so you can continue on so like if you are saying what's travel times to this location um what's travel times to sheffield mm-hmm. and then you can ask it what reference uh, what restaurants are nearby and then you can say book me a table at and the name of restaurant and it knows that you want restaurants that are nearby the location you just searched for and then it knows that it's returned a list of restaurants so you when you say the name of one, it's referring to something in that list that you want to book a table at, um, as opposed to having to do everything from scratch. That sounds cleverer than me. Because, I mean, if you said to me, how long does it take to get to Sheffield? Well, two hours. Okay. Yes. What restaurants are nearby? I would assume that you meant where you are rather than where you're going to be. <laughs> that's That was one of the things they mentioned on, the fact that this, they've been... They've done a lot of work behind the scenes and the algorithms that can pull out the meaning from what you're saying and the context behind it as well. So actually, they're trying to make it understand human speech better and pull out, yeah, the the internet, not the intonation, but the what's behind it, what you're actually trying to do. Mm. And it's like rather than just taking the words at face value. Yes, um, they showed it. Um, for this and also I think for translation as well. Yeah, there's quite a few things that they were talking about, just generally how they've improved AI, AIs. Like, yeah. so there was a, they were comparing examples of translating Chinese text 
uh, to like here's one from a couple of years ago and here's one right now and yeah. here's a human translated version and they're also the other one they had up was google images like recognizing yes. picture what's in a photo yeah so they had a they a had a picture yeah a train sat on tracks and they said like a few years ago we'd we'd see this as a train is sat on the tracks and nowadays we can see this as a blue and yellow train is traveling down the tracks or and they had a bear's photo rock. yeah they had they had like a bear a couple of bears sat on rocks and there were two of them and previously it said it would think this is a bear is in the water but now it says there are two bears sat on rocks yeah so so then a couple of years down the line we probably have there are two bears sat on the rocks one of them is having murderous thoughts <laughs> really clever yeah. but the, yeah the whole the hell ai thing i think is built into their their master plan going forward because they've also got their home automation stuff which has is the system built into it and also it, it goes it all the devices are interconnected so if you're doing something on your pixel go on to your google home you can carry on the conversation on that and it'll be seamless it'll know what you've been doing about before integrate into it mm-hmm. um and you and then all that that integrates again with your chromecast so you can you know you can say to that stream me this and it will just do it to your tv that's good i like that I have a confession to make. Uh-huh. I got an Amazon Echo. What? <laughs> yeah, I know. I got it when um when they when it first went up for a while there was a fifty pound discount on it if you're a Prime member. So what I did was I put a pre order down and I thought, well, when this hits me as a bad idea, I will just t- take the pre order off and it just never hit me, really. Never hit me as a bad enough idea. <laughs> so at the right. moment we are getting into the habit of going home and saying Alexa, play some jazz, and it does it and stuff like that. <laughs> um, and it, it does some good stuff. I do like it. And I, I got it as well because it controls the bulbs in the house. So I can say, Alexa, mm. lounge light off and, and all this. It's, it's, it's good. I'd say it was worth the money. It's how, good mu- how much did it cost you with £50 off? With £50 off, £100. Okay, so for £100, <laughs> for £100 you can play jazz and turn your lights on and off. <laughs> Yeah, not at the same time. Got to do one, <laughs> then the other. Gives you the news. The yeah, I think the Google Home is a hundred and twenty nine dollars for one. I it is. I think yeah, it, yeah, I think that's right. And um, no UK pricing or announcement or anything yet. Uh, so we'll have to see what happens there. But but yeah, the the Google Home one can kind of do everything that Echo does, and the other thing it can do is Chromecast, which mm. would be cool. There was but a, I don't know when it's coming out. Just as a side note, did you hear about there's a guy who automated his home with the Apple equivalent of stuff? Did you hear this story? I so, haven't. <laughs> it was a guy who spent thousands of dollars automating his home hmm. and he was controlling it all from a basically an iPad that he set up in his living room so that he could just like shout commands at it to get it to do stuff and he had like you know lights that turned on and off he had a smart lock on his door and all these kind of things um and he like he returned home one and he'd like shown it off to his his neighbor who was also quite techy Mm -hmm. he returned home one day and his neighbor like came up to him in the driveway as getting out of his car and the the neighbor said can i i think he wanted to borrow some flour for like doing some chicken wings or something it was some detail like that um 
he said, can I borrow some? Well, yeah, sure. And um, let me just unlock the door for you. And his neighbor said, oh, no, don't worry. I, I've got this. And he went up to the door and he shouted through the window, hey, Siri, open the front door. And the door unlocked. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Ah, <laughs> as if to prove our point. Oh, Siri, oh, stop Siri, listening to other people. Um, and that actually brings up one of the biggest concerns about the Google okay. Assistant is the privacy concerns. The fact that your phones are always listening to everything you say yeah. and also the information you need to upload to make use of its facilities actually gives a lot of detailed locational details and other information about you, which then Google now has. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is the flip side of all of this, really, isn't it? Because you can you can view this as like an exciting, cool way of, you know, I can now control all sorts of things or sort out all sorts of things just to, by using hands-free my voice and just by having my phone on me. And yeah, I can I can do all these really cool, really clever, really smart, exciting things. Or you can look at it from a privacy angle and go just look at the huge amount of data that I am sending to Google or Amazon or Apple or whoever. The uh, the Amazon Alexa app that I have on my phone here that can it can connect because um, the, it associates the Amazon uh, the Echo with your Amazon account. Mm -hmm. It's like it's online right now. I can get to it right now. I can go to settings. I can go to view requests to Alexa, and I can see everything I've ever said to it right there. Yeah. And you can delete. I think Amazon let you delete those individual requests, don't they? Yeah. Apparently, the going back, the very first one it's got recorded is Alexa, stop. <laughs> <laughs> it tells but a story. It but the other thing is, if somebody knows your um, your code word, they can effectively get your phone to do a lot of things because there's an awful lot you can do even with the phone locked. Yeah, so... There you go. My phone's locked. Well, I Do just said, hey, Siri, to it. Get some information out of it. <laughs> it remains to be seen how the Google one works with this. Yeah. So um, Google supposedly recognizes your voice, but how accurate that is, is like it. I can still say, okay, Google, to my phone when I've got a cold and it still responds. The nice so, thing about Google as well is it's tied into so many services. So yeah, looking at it again from the privacy, from the ignoring the privacy side of things, so much is hooked into it. So, for instance, Chrome, YouTube, um, Chromecast, and all that. Google is, Play, your yeah. Google Wallet, which you can use at lots of different sites, not just buying through Google. Yeah, I mean uh, Amazon Alexa. It will. I mean, can't do it right now in the UK, but I could order things through Amazon because that's kind of amazon's thing yeah but being able to play my youtube subscriptions without having to check them would be good and it'd be able to do that because it can just check your subscribed people list mm. and all that the other thing they announced was this uh, google wi-fi have you seen that yep so i watched their video but i didn't see much detail i is it a router is it just a router it's just a router with a hub and you can expand it out it forms a wireless mesh mm -hmm. so with all the pros and cons of a mesh as in, if you, it'll be great for a single unit. As you add more units into that mesh, the performance is going to get slower and slower because the amount of it's to do with the all the beacons you're broadcasting and the airtime available is going to tail off. So mm. it's going to be great for standalone units that most people are going to have. Other than that, I, 
I'm made to be convinced. Okay. I think I think their whole idea with it is that it's for the sort of the home home user who doesn't want to do anything remotely technical with their routers, doesn't want to have to figure out any of that. They just want to buy some devices and put one at each end of the house and have full Wi-Fi coverage. Mm. Yes, I think so. Rather like the Sonos was. Mm. Um, mm. Yeah, yes, so yeah, like for, um, for music rather than for, yes, for Wi-Fi. Yeah, but sure. it's the same principle. Both of them use a wireless mesh to do it all. It's sort of, and so they they had a previous product called OnHub. Yes, yeah. which is made by I think it's TP Link was a partner on that. Yeah, and I, think, I, I think, and I think they've just couple. taken this on, mm. and it, it, they're just taking that technology and taking it a little bit further. But I believe the underlying hardware might still be TP Link. Yeah, but they did a range of them that looked quite arty and quite nice. So. It does very much play into that, making it aesthetically pleasing and finding a nice place in your house. I mean, I don't know about you, Jason. I love my Micratic RB2011, but... They're not the best looking, are they? They're not. I mean, they're pretty cool. But <laughs> And it's red as well, which goes with our lounge color scheme. But, you know, <laughs> it's not, black. But not about it's, to take the place of a, of, of a vase or a yeah, picture on the wall or anything it, like that. It depends what you want to do with it. That's things you're looking at two completely different products. Mm. Um, I want to get on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> get on that internet and then Google. I think it'll allow, it'll allow me to do that. We may have higher standards than yeah, your average uh, Wi-Fi using citizen. The average mm. person just plugs it in and goes with a default channel, the default... In, um, the average, I mean, well, the average person gets a router given to them by their internet service provider, plugs it in, and then either that's good enough for them or it constantly crashes and they can't get Wi-Fi upstairs. Yes. And, and they yes. sell them to another one. And, and this is where I think Google are trying to step in. I mean, that you mentioned channels there. Automatically testing for channels, finding the least congested frequency. The, That's something a lot of routers, even just bog standard commercial ones, do. They do, but it's a question of... It's working out what's the best channel. The thing is, if, you, if you've got a microwave in your house, that cooks use microwaves, and they're only 2.4 gigahertz frequency. So actually, if you turn your microwave on, it can mess up your wireless. It can mess up your wireless if you're nearby it. Because that, it's the same frequency. That always like kind of makes me slightly concerned. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> that is a thing. Like if I I my microwave where it's sat in the kitchen, I if I set my laptop up and I'm watching stuff on my laptop, then the microwave is in between the router and the laptop. And if I'm cooking something in the microwave, then the internet connection drops or goes really slow. But, and I think but there's like there's a grill, there's a mesh on the front of the microwave that's like the holes in it but, are the right size to stop the microwaves escaping, but, but clearly it's not working. It's but you think that you've got um, you know tens of watts, hundreds of watts of power in your microwave. Your um, nine hundred watts of power. Yes, you've got your wireless, which is on milliwatts of power. Yeah, that's the thing. I think it's yes, it's a couple, few, couple few, few hundred milliwatts. It's the just, two cannot compete. It's just the th the idea that the thing that is, you know, cooking my food incredibly quick is also escaping yes. out into it my is, kitchen. But at tiny levels, it's just yeah. noise. It's it's just the noise that's just your signal to noise just goes on the, on the laptop because of it. Mm. Okay, fair enough. The other thing, uh, well, two other things they announced. So one was their Daydream View, which is their new VR headset. 
which looks a lot like all the existing ones, except it's a little bit it's a little bit swankier. So it's yeah. got cloth on it or something. It's, yeah, that's really like the difference, isn't it? It's Google cloth as opposed <laughs> to Google cardboard. <laughs> yeah, I'm waiting for Google leather. You know, the <laughs> premium experience. There's, there's mm. like, you look at the picture of it and it's quite arty, and you think, oh, that's those are those are interesting. I bet there's a whole wide range of colours. I think there's like three, and they're really weird ones. <laughs> three and that old denim. Yeah, yeah, there's like a pink one and a a dark grey one and a white one, and yeah. that's it. <laughs> um, and a blue one that's probably only available in America. Yeah, only on Verizon. I think the thing that's uh, it's so got a previous, controller. Yes. So previously there was Samsung Gear, which was um, they just work with Samsung phones. This so so Daydream itself is like a VR component of the Android operating system, and Daydream View is the name of the headset itself. And I guess it'll be compatible with the Pixel and some other top line Android stuff. It's I think it costs seventy nine dollars, and that's including the controller. Mm. Yes. And remains to be seen how popular that'll be. I mean, until you've got proper kind of games running on it, it's hard. It's hard to tell. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's, it's a nice little trick, but who knows if it'll go anywhere? We'll have to get Dom in and ask him about that because I think he's got one on pre-order already. And oh, right. I think he said he was doing his his university final on it or something like that. Wow. Yeah, and uh, the other thing they announced is a uh, Chromecast 4K. Which means it's time to buy another Chromecast. Do you have a 4K TV? I don't. I was wondering, actually, would this be the thing? Because I've I've always said I don't need a 4K TV because I don't have any 4K content. I wonder if a 4K Chromecast, because that seems to be what we watch the majority of our TV on, would a 4K Chromecast be the, the gateway to a 4K TV? down the line i guess you still where are you getting your 4k content from yeah so netflix and youtube are two of the ones that from the off will do 4k yeah so that depends on your internet connection doesn't it yeah which is pretty good (laughs) you're in my fiber area oh you know it oh yes i'm loving it from from talking to our friend josh who was on the podcast a few weeks ago Mm. You very, very quickly got upsold <laughs> to the highest package. I think it was because um, I've been living previously in areas that don't have uh, virgin fiber. Mm. So I've always been a bit limited for choice. And so the opportunity came along to get virgin and I just went crazy. So Vivid, I think it's called, 200 megabits a second. Jason nodding sagely. It's the contention on that you need to look at. Yeah, I think I get about 145, which is fine. The irony being that at the moment the house isn't cabled up, so the most I get over Wi-Fi is like 50, unless I sit there with a laptop and plug it in, in which case... You need to <laughs> stand back. You need to look at your Wi-Fi then. Mm, well, yeah, I mean... I'll beat it. Well, we'll have this discussion afterwards. Um, but uh, yes, um, I'm not. I don't really want to invest in Wi-Fi because I'm not a big fan of Wi-Fi, even though it is kind of the way everything's going and and is. But uh, yeah, 4K Chromecast, sixty-nine quid, and it uh, it also does HDR, which is a buzzword we've been hearing a lot recently. Yep. So, and it uh, will be faster than the other Chromecasts generally. So boot faster, load stuff faster. So that's uh, that's that's the Google keynote in a nutshell. 
And we've already nearly run out of time. Do you want to quickly cover either the Mars stuff? Or I think I feel like we'll we'll have got Jason in here under false pretenses if we didn't talk a little bit about this DDoS attack last month. Sure. On Mr. Brian Krebs's website. So just for an overview on this, uh, Brian Krebs, who is a security blogger, last month on the twentieth, I think it was, uh, suffered a pretty pretty bad DDoS attack to his his website. Um, there was an article that I read. I think it was the Sophos article on their naked yeah. security blog suggesting that it might be something to do with a recent the recent takedown of, of a ddos site called vdos and uh saying this could have been a, a revenge thing or somehow related but event but akamai who it's probably one of those biggest companies you've never heard of deals yeah basically if you go to a website chances are it pulls in akamai content like some Microsoft yes. host data on there. Yes, Google does. Google, a lot of them do. And it was the, um, it was a, it was the source code for the Mirai malware that was leaked, that mm. was used. For, they reckon was used for this DDoS. Yeah. And that, that looks like it pretty much uses an um, exploit of Internet of Things to go through them through hard coded usernames and default passwords to recruit all manner of devices in the local area network to it. Yeah, so the big the, the, the buzzword would be, you know, the internet of things being turned against us. Mm-hmm. So all those things you've got in your house, so your, your eye kettle and your, your thermostat and all these your all these various things. Cameras, cameras baby monitors. Everything. All that. As, a, as When it first, uh, sometimes, depending on who the manufacturer is, it'll come with a default username password and never asks you to change it. And the way that this attack worked is... It scoured the the net for internet attached devices that had these default usernames and passwords, loaded them up with malware, and essentially used them as as endpoints yes. to attack poor Mr. Krebs. And also, there's also some of these had hard coded usernames and passwords into them to allow the engineers in, but these are things so the user could never change them. So even if you did change your password, this would still get into it. Absolutely nothing you can do about it. And the other the other side of that as well is um, the username and password that the user uses might be to get into a web interface to change some settings, but there might be an underlying operating system on those devices which has a completely separate username and password which is hard coded. Yes, that's and the, it. The web interface might have no way of changing that. That's exactly the point. Is is a lot of, and also there's no way of seeing that, so you're reliant on the manufacturers moving that, but. For them, there is no incentive to do that because actually if you make it so that you have to have good passwords on them, it increases the number of support calls they get, which costs them money to, money to run. Right, yeah. It's, uh, it's crazy. Did the, you? Uh, the thing that came out of this that I thought was interesting was the Google Project Shield. Did you read about that? Yeah, so just kind of summarizing what happened. Mm. Um, the I can't, Jason, do you know what the previous biggest... DDoS attack. I have a was. F- I have a feeling it was about six hundred gigabits. So I, and think, I think this one was a, nearly a terabit. No, so this no, this was six to seven hundred gigabits yes. per second. So what we're talking Previous about here, one was three hundred. It was. It, it was a massive, massive attack. Yeah. So what we're talking about here, just to recap, is um, basically getting a whole whole bunch of different devices. So in this case, Internet of Things devices pulling brian krebs's website and asking for information 
and it's kind of like the idea of if you've got you know a number of phone lines in your company you can take you know say maybe 10 concurrent calls at the same time if i hire a bunch of people out on the street to from their mobile phones go and phone you um every single second just keep phoning you and then when you answer hang up and then phone you and when you answer hang up then your actual customers that are trying to get through they won't be able to get through Mm. and they'll think that your company is you know unavailable it's the same Mm. sort of principle you get all of these thousands tens of thousands hundreds of thousands millions of internet of things devices polling this website um and it just takes it down there's so much traffic going to it so it was six to 700 gigabits per second jason's um, flashing his phone so jason is saying that it was 152,000 hacked smart devices they reckon and yeah they they are now saying one terabit per second so how much yeah. how much did you say your internet connection at home was joe 100 and well it, real speeds real talk here about 145 megabits, megabits per, second. per second so that's a million bits per second mm-hmm. whereas a terabit is the next magnitude up so it's a thousand times that no it's a it's two magnitudes up it's a billion no it's a thousand billion mm. yeah mega megabit is a is a million um gigabit is a billion and terabit yes. is a thousand billion yes. so come on guys we should know this from counting <laughs> yes. our subscriber base it's, yeah we should <laughs> yeah the, i mean it, there was there were several things, also things that were unique in the attack as well. Yeah, so so, so I was yeah. just I was just saying yeah. the um, we mentioned Akamai before. Akamai was sort of doing a pro bono hosting and defense against DDoS attacks, and this company, this so big that you've never heard of them, and etc. Company basically said this is too much traffic, and we're going to have to let you go as a customer because it's affecting our other customers so just the magnitude of this thing is is so much that it kind of took them by surprise yeah and the article on sophos references this google project shield who eventually stepped in and provided their services to mr krebs and that did stop the attack but it says it's pretty pretty incredible that it took one of the world's largest companies to be able to stop this this attack on on one website um, Project Shield, yeah, it's just having a look at it, the website, which is, it says Project Shield is a free service that uses Google technology to protect news sites and free expression from DDoS attacks. So it's free, but you have to apply for it. So, it, you know, if you wanted to take jasone.com and apply for that, they'd probably say, no, Jason, um, your website's not important enough. Uh, because, uh, because it does seem to be about stopping the re- repression of free speech. Yeah. Um, although, with the warning trend, if you know, it's, if it is an Internet of Things, one hundred fifty thousand is a small is a small number of them. Mm. The amount that's actually out there, even I think Google will struggle if there was a concerted with a bigger botnet with a bigger lo- number selection of them. Yeah. So, it's not for, not unforeseeable that we'll, that we'll see much bigger ones in the near future unless steps are taken to change the the iot there's also this theory that um so we mentioned that it may have been because a ddos botnet got taken down and it Mm. was kind of revenge yeah vdos i think it was called yeah there's also a theory that this is somebody advertising 
a uh, look at the botnet that we've got. If you're in the criminal underworld and you want to DDoS somebody, come my way because look what yes. I can do. But mm. yes, but as I said, the source code to that one that was used was leaked online. Yeah. So actually, it's using that we know exactly what was exploited. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, the manufacturers will take steps to fix this problem. We shall see. Yes. But it's the worrying thing is it's all down to the manufacturers. Yes. Mm. And actually, your device connects online. It might be opening up, holding your firewalls. Yeah. Could be as we speak. If I can get to Alexa from here, who else can? <laughs> Scary thought. Amazon. Yeah, 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 probably. I'll get home and there'll just be piles of toilet paper in the hall. <laughs> here, we thought you'd need some more. Okay, right, before we finish, um, just a Kickstarter of the week. Uh, this one, this, this one's amazing. Uh, I don't know if there's any technical merit to this one, but they make it sound like there is. It's called The Lucid Dreamer, Wake Up Inside Your Dreams. So it's got 218 backers, um, 86,000 euros pledged of a 100,000 euro goal at the moment, and it's still got 41 days to go. So I'm guessing this is a pretty fresh Kickstarter. Um, lucid Dreaming, what do you understand it to be? It's kind of like where you realize that you're in a dream and start controlling the dream. So you kind of continue dreaming, but you can shape it and dream whatever you want. Yeah, and uh, that's pretty much the idea behind Lucid Dreamer. So picture there, we'll put it up with the podcast as usual. It's essentially just a little box. It's nothing special. It looks like it was 3D printed and it's got some little wires coming out of it. So when you go to bed at night, you slap this thing on your head, put some put the the little patches uh, around your your ears and your forehead and the idea is that it's meant to detect when you're in rem so the the rapid eye movement yeah when you're in deeper sleep and when you're dreaming and then to um apply some little electric shocks or whatever the science is behind it which should get you get get you into a lucid state where you can acknowledge that you're in the dream what's uh it's uh so it uses disposable sticky electrodes and they have a highly con- conductive gel core enabling uh, high quality recordings and efficient stimulation. And they also serve to attach the device snugly across your head, eliminating the need for an uncomfortable and unstable headband. What th- This is the great bit. So as, as well as this, as well as the Lucid Dreamer, you have the Lucid Dreamer app currently in development is used to control your Lucid Dreamer device build your personal dream profile and connect with the lucid dreamer community <laughs> it sounds like so like augment your your dream adjust your dream to your preferences and they've got like two versions so there's essential which is run the run the standard uh, protocols on your lucid dreamer and explore the features or pro you know for the <laughs> pro dreamers out there if you're a real pro you want to get on this uh, which gives you the lets you experiment with different frequencies and durations of stimulation. So if you want a wild dream, it's, then you're gonna have to. This this to this pro. smells of snake oil to me. Well, 218 backers can't be wrong, Jace. <laughs> we and, shall see. And it's another Internet of Things thing, isn't it? If it can get online, so who could hack your dreams? Oh <laughs> yeah. Now now we're talking. This it gets even better. The Lucid Dreamer Connect has all the functions of the pro with the addition of the lucid dream together function. This allows users to connect with each other and synchronize their lucid dreams. I'm not even making Until this up. Until somebody puts a virus that's, into the system. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah. 
How does this work? When the Lucid Dreamer devices are linked through the app, they will monitor for the start of a dream independently of each other. When the start of the dream is signaled in one user, the device will wait a predetermined period of time before a Lucid Dream is induced. If, during that period, the start of a dream is detected in the other user, Lucid Dream induction is synchronized. <laughs> oh, amazing. It reminds me of the podcast we did a few, I don't know, it was a few months ago, mm. where we were talking about people electrifying their brains to try and yeah. enhance their learning. Yeah, and that's before... And that's why you're conscious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and man you could probably someone could implant there's probably like a kill the president setting in the app somewhere just <laughs> activate a bunch of people you think the internet of things devices can become um can be turned to a common cause imagine if you've got people up and walking and oh but um yeah there you go sounds like a black mirror episode it does let's uh well we don't have long to wait to see if that's the case uh there's something else i wanted to say about that can't remember what it was. No, oh, well. But you've put your pre-order in because there's fifty pounds <laughs> off. <laughs> no, no, I don't actually know how much these cost each. But I, I feel like saying snake oil earlier. Um, if there was any merit to this technology, surely this would already have been adopted by big companies. Yes, I know. I, I have heard of lucid dreams, and I know apparently there's a way you can train your brain to do it, which involves like dream logging and all this. But. Uh, yeah, it's far from a science, and I'm sure a lot of people would be on it if it was. Mm. Um, but yeah, strapping batteries to your head when you're asleep at night and it's probably not the best idea, is my official stance on the matter. Okay, well, that's us done. Um, listeners, if there's anything you'd like to... Uh, we did have a couple of emails, but I don't think we're going to get to them again. <laughs> we, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, this is what happens when you don't get emails for weeks on end and then you suddenly get, we're being DDoS'd by emails. <laughs> we can't respond to you all for all the, all the stuff. Um, yeah, please do send us emails. We will get around to reading them, I promise. Uh, send us an email at podcast.unravelingtechnology.co.uk or send us a tweet, if it's a succinct question, uh, at Unraveling Tech, and visit the blog for all the latest from the Unraveling Technology blog, which is unraveling.technology. And leave us a review on iTunes, uh, if you please. But I think that'll wrap it up for another week. So from me, Joe, David, and our guest, Jason Ede, thank you for listening and goodbye. Bye. Bye.